This is a pop-up episode of the Mousecapades podcast. As always, this episode is brought to you by themagicalmouse.com. We are outside the Walt Disney Museum with Tim. Tim, say hey. Hey! And Vicky started the tour without us. Um, Shame. Yeah. So <laughs> we were a little late getting up here. We went a little antiquing, shopping we did. for... We for some Disney stuff. We did look for some Disney stuff. Um, we just parked. We're in front of a... A car from California, which is kind of cool. So, you think they came Disney, all the way out here just for that? From Disneyland? I do not know. That'd be cool. But they got a beautiful park here. They have a train that runs by like every 10 minutes. We're going to go inside here real quick. And, Tim, once we get inside, we buy our tickets and everything. I'm going to have to give you the phone. i got to use the restroom, buddy. It's a long trip. <laughs> so, here we are. Going inside. Wait, now what are these? So these bricks are the same as what they have at Disney, right? When you walk up? Yes. Um, they seem to be. I guess it's like Cash anything number. else. You give en- Yeah, you give enough money, they'll put your name down on a brick, eh? I want my name in a brick. Yeah. Well, sure for the right price, you can have it. All right, so we're going inside the museum right now, listeners. It says on the outside, Walt Disney Hometown Museum, Marceline, Missouri, Museum and admission. Adults, $10, Tim. $10, okay. Children, 6 years to 12 years of age, $5. That's where my mind's at, so I wonder if I can argue that. <laughs> Children under 6, free. Um, all right. Uh, tours are every half hour. Last tour starts one and a half hours before closing, but it does not say closing. So this is the WaltDisneyMuseum.org. And so Vicky's already in the tour right now with a whole bunch of our listeners started before us before we can get here look at these people came from iowa we got people here from nevada illinois california uh, what do those say and over we there? got here late and we live yeah. in the state <laughs> just a few hours away all right this was a train station, right? yes so this was the main train station i believe in the beginning as hence the track and everything but uh walt disney hometown museum let's go inside taking a picture all right. I'm shocked the train hasn't gone by yet. They go by like every 10 minutes. It's crazy around here. Around here. Oh, look at this license plate. It says... Oh, D. Jenkins. I thought maybe it was for Disney Junkies. I, I thought maybe that was for Disney Junkies, but no. All right. I would say hold my beer, but hold my phone. <laughs> Watch Vicky's gonna walk out. Hello, hey, Vic. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. You're well. How are you? Just fine. Like to, I bet you guys would like to come see the museum. Yes, yes we, we would. would. Hey. Alright, I'll pay for both of us. No. Hit me back later on whatever. All right. <laughs> Proof that I paid for your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he wants you to be holding to him. All right. Thank you. Sign this. Yeah, and then here's your map and museum. Awesome. And your tickets. Thank you Can for I my ticket. Card back? Uh, you did, yes. Okay. Here's your ticket, Tim. Okay. 
Thank you, sir. Did we get that card mapped before I gave it back to him? So we can use it for other things. Did you use that card mapped? You know, I'm just harassing it. Oh, oh got it, got it. Mapping <laughs> the card, you know, so we can oh, okay. use it somewhere else. <laughs> so I have a question for you. So yes. pen trade. If I had like a lanyard of pens, would you be able to trade with me? Like we can I add I would be able parks? to if I wanted to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome! You got some, you know, got some good ones, man. Sixtieth anniversary. I just came back from twenty-three. Oh, from D twenty-three. Awesome. I got this one and this one and this one, and then the two back there. Oh, is there? That's awesome. Yeah. I tried to get another one at the expo for. Yeah. But uh, that was the expo pen I, this year. This was two, this couple year? years ago. A couple years. Yeah. Uh, How crazy busy was it? Because I was going to go, and then I had to cancel. Yeah. Can you hold my phone for me? Yeah. Saturday was sold out of over, right. and it was over 70,000 people. Jeez. Restrooms this way. So we'll be, we'll have a guided tour in about five or ten minutes. So we'll just kind of hang close by. I'll sign this book. Yeah, I had I had everything ready to go, and then had to cancel because of my wife. It was either that or go back to Disney, and so I was like, "Well, I'm going to Disney." So there you go. So next year, she said I can go. Okay. Well, it'll be two years. Or two years? Is that what it is? Two years. Recoup. Two years out there. And it'll probably be in July. How are things They've available? moved it to July now instead of August. Your mother's not with you. She's not. She is. So you're she is St. Charles. Yeah, St. Peter's. Yeah. Well, she is. I have to be careful. Today is my dad's birthday. Yep. Would have said it. And so she usually just kind of hangs out and probably talks to you. Well, thanks, sir. Thank you. It'll be about five minutes. Awesome. Okay. So, Tim, here's what I was talking about with uh, the Disney school flags. This was also the original, the original flag that they that they had up at uh, Disneyland. Pretty neat. Disney Hometown Museum. Fifteen dollars for a hat, Tim. Fifteen dollars for a hat. Marceline Park School pennants. Nice, Very cool. So check this out. So, the Dream Tree Gala. Yeah. Saturday, November 18th, Ballroom of the Americas at Disney's Contemporary. Join us for a night of great food, fascinating conversation, and stunning fireworks. It supports Walt Disney's hometown museum. Oh, okay, so then they're actually having an event. Just single support. tickets, yeah, single tickets are 400, tables are 4,000. Whoa. 
I bet it's packed. I bet it is. Let's see here. What do we got here? Oh, Native American nickel. American Legends. Walt Disney with a six-cent stamp. Oh. Hey, hey, what's up? Just finish? Hey, Vic, sir, what's up? Say hi. Say hi, hi. Nick. Say hi, Vicky. Hi, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> what's up, buddy? Whatever. You coming to Christmas? I don't got that kind of money. Yeah. So we literally were not even five minutes behind when we started. Like it just. Oh, they did. I did. Oh man, no. He never. We never mentioned anything though. Oh. Oh. Bradley, hey. what's up, dude? How's it going? Not bad. <laughs> Where did Tim run off to? There he is. Come here, Oh, I'm sorry, baby. Excuse me. I'm washing the train. You're washing the train. It's a wall. So, Walt arrived in the town on the same track. Because Amtrak doesn't stop anymore, does it? I don't think so. Alright. So, yeah, we're going into the tour. Tour, tour, tour. And then after that, I'm going to go ahead and shut this pop, pop up podcast off after the tour. So listeners enjoy. Wonder what, wonder what that is over there. Oh, just a picture of the museum. This afternoon, and so we're, we're one of a feather, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, this is our old train station. It's pretty easy to know that, isn't it? And at one time, well, actually for a hundred years, the trains all stopped here. Um, 1980, the last train stopped because the train, they were faster and they didn't need all these stops. So Marceline dwindled sufficiently when that happened because the railroaders, who was the bulk of our population, all had to move. They couldn't get off and on here to have to do their railroad job. So uh, this building had fallen into disrepair the 30 years that it stood vacant, but at the end of my story, you'll understand why it isn't falling apart now. Well, Walt Disney, uh, how, how many of you know where he was born? Chicago, Chicago absolutely. Uh, he was one of five children. There was Herbert, Raymond, Roy, Walt, and Ruth. Now, this picture is mother, Mrs. Disney, 
and Walt and Ruth, the two youngest in the family. Well, in 1906, when Walt was five years old, he was born in Chicago, but when he was five years old, the two teenage brothers, Herbert and Raymond, were in a little bit of teenage trouble, and um, mother and dad thought Chicago had become smoke-filled and crime-ridden, and they needed to get their family out of that city. Robert Disney, Elias's younger daughter, youngest son, excuse me, I'll get it, brother, Robert was Elias's younger brother, and he owned a lot of land here. So he heard that the Disney family was going to move again. They moved a lot. Walt's father never knew exactly what he wanted to do, and he didn't have much perseverance. Walt had a lot. But they would just move, and he would think the grass was greener over there. So they moved a lot. And we think Mrs. Disney must have been a saint to pack up five children and their meager belongings and move every time he wanted to. But she agreed they needed to get their family out of Chicago. So they came to Marceline on a train. And the stories I'm going to share with you, Walt Disney shared with my family when we met him in 1956. He said, we got off of the train right out there. Everything seemed so different in the little town. The sights and the sounds and the smells. And a farmer met them here at the station in a wagon, pulled by a team. This was our main mode of transportation. We had a sprinkling of cars when they came in 1906. Well, they climbed in the wagon. Uh, now, Herbert and Raymond came with the family because Dad said we're all going. But I'll tell you up front, they only stayed a few months. Working on the farm was hard. They didn't think Dad paid very well. They came over here after dark one night when Dad thought they were in bed. This is the house they lived in. Came over here, jumped on a freight train, and went back to Chicago. And they were never involved in the Disney Company by choice, Walt asked them to be. And they turned out to have useful lives. You're going to see their story in the back. In fact, this is a wonderful place to learn the story of all the Disneys. Well... They're in the wagon going out to the farm, and everybody's waving on the streets and the sidewalks. And Roy and Walt looked at their dad and said, well, these people already know us. Oh, no, Dad said, you're in a small town, and you'll find that small town people are very friendly, and they will know you very soon, and you'll know them. Well, Uncle Robert knew that Elias had never farmed before. So he had the 45 acres that he sold to Elias well stocked with everything he would need. There was a team of mules there. There were cows for milk, pigs for slaughter, chickens for eggs. It was all there. <coughs> Roy and Walt shared this story collectively. Roy's acres over than Walt. When they arrived at the farm in a wagon, the apple trees were blooming. The barnyard animals were eating and walking around. Rabbits and squirrels were everywhere. So they both decided this move was a pretty good trade. This was their playground in Chicago. They now have 45 acres of nature and animals. Well, when Walt Disney came in 56, Disneyland had just opened. And so we are so excited and anxious to meet him. And, and we said, we can't believe you left your park in California to come back to Marceline after all these years. Well, he said, let me share a little bit about my life. And he told us about going to the farm. And he didn't have to go to the field, so he had lots of time just to play with the barnyard animals, and he made pets out of a lot of them. 
Now, Ruth and Walt were very close. Roy and Walt were very close, but they were too. Ruth had a lot of cats. He had a lot of dogs. And he had a pig he could ride. Now, the pig was fat, but he called him Skinny. And he said, I was a fast runner. I could run and jump on that pig. And, of course, the pig didn't want to ride her and <laughs> would give him the wildest ride to get rid of him in the pond. But he held on tight, and his dad always had him do that when anyone came from Chicago. So collectively, he thought he could have a service. He was an entrepreneur very young. Invited the neighborhood kids to come. A dime. They had to pay a dime. Well, nine kids came. The day came for the circus, and Ruth had to admit she couldn't do anything with the cats. They didn't do the same thing twice ever. But uh, she dressed them up in her doll clothes, and they looked cute. Walt's dogs all had a trick. They could jump through a hoop and so forth, walk on their back legs. Uh, and the pig, of course, was a hit. Well, the second part of the show was his ponies. And he had trained them to put their feet on a box and stuff. Well, they clapped after the first part because that was wonderful. But uh, the second part, they had a mood adjustment. They had one big boy that stood up and said, well, we've changed our mind. It's not a good circus, and we want those dimes back. Well, he thought he didn't see how he could do it. He'd never had a coin in his pocket. His mother overheard, and she said, Walter, you have to give them back their money. They're not happy with your circus. And so what he said was, folks, I want to tell you about my first service, and he did. And then he said, I, I want you to know that I spent a little more time and money on my park in California than I did my first service. <laughs> I want to give all of you your money back. The other story he shared was after they were here a few years, of course, uh, the older boys had run away. But Roy and Dad are getting along fine in that little 45-acre farm. Roy's strong. But Dad got sick. The local doctor came. His name was Dr. Sherwood. And he came in a buggy pulled by a horse. Walt's remembrance of him was he had the shiniest buggy and the prettiest horse he had ever seen. Well, Dad's sick in the house. The doctor is with him. So Walt took the liberty to draw a picture of Dr. Sherwood's horse. Dad did not like to see Walt Disney drawing pictures. He thought it was a sissy thing to do and was very hard on young Walt. Uh, and he didn't care for that daydreaming either. In other words, he didn't understand a genius son. But Dad's in the house sick, so he took the liberty to sketch a picture of Rupert the horse. When the doctor came out, he said, I love that picture. Can I buy it? And Walt said, buy it? He was embarrassed. He said it wasn't very good, but Dr. Sherwood thought it was and slipped a shiny quarter in his hand. So his answer to us when we said how surprised we were that he came back after all those years, yeah, how could I forget my hometown? I sold my first heart here. Well, Dad didn't get better. He had typhoid fever from the drinking water, and they had to have a sale after just five years. Walt said it was the saddest day of his life when he and Roy had to tack up the Disney Farm auction signs. Uh, the sale happened, all the pets were sold, all the animals were sold, and they got back on a train right there. And guess what? They're going to another city, and that's Kansas City. So these five years were the only years that Walt could just be a kid and do boy things. Now in Kansas City, it's a different story. And he said to us when we met him, you know, I, I had the mistaken idea. I knew Dad didn't ever want me to be drawing pictures or even think about being an artist. But 
that was a big school, and I thought, how would you know if I drew a few pictures? Well, he knew in the grade card. He wasn't there. And so uh, Elias went to see the teacher, and yes, he's drawing a lot of pictures. So their life together was like this. They never recovered from that. Eventually, Roy was old enough to go to the Navy, World War I. He came home so handsome in his Navy suit, and Walt is still home and trying to get, trying to help with the living, and they're not getting along at all. But eventually, he became 15 years of age. By then, in this post-World War I, Red Cross is hiring young men as young as 15 if they have a marital signature. Well, Walt went to talk to his mother, and she thought it was a wonderful opportunity to get dad and son apart. She signed the papers, so at 15, Walt was sent to France, and he was working for the Red Cross cleanup. He was an ambulance driver, never driven before. Uh, he met our famous general down the road, John J. Pershing, while he was there. Of course, John J. Pershing was very high in the military. Well, the soldiers loved his artwork, and Dad wasn't around, so he drew a lot. They bought it, paid him well for it, gave him back his self-esteem, and he sent that money home to Mother in Kansas City. When he came home, Mother had a nice nest egg for him. He opened his first business, and that was the Lap O'Graham Studio in Kansas City. Went broke. Walt Disney was way too far ahead of his time for the Midwest. He had a little money left. Two more venues didn't work. Roy, eight years older than Walt, was a wonderful big brother, as you all know. He was also more like a dad. He's home from the Navy, and he's working in a bank in Kansas City, and he said, you know, you need to be on the West Coast. They're more aggressive than in the Midwest. You would be discovered quickly there, I'm sure. I've got a little money, and I'll go with you. So they left Kansas City when Walt was 23 years old, thus the fan club, D23. That's when things finally started happening, but not easily. He was broke more than he wasn't for a lot of years. But we began, we didn't have television here for a long time. We're kind of in the country. I mean, we really are in the country. <laughs> uh, we didn't get television, so we didn't know everything that was happening to Walt Disney. But we learned about uh, the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, we went to Kansas City to my husband's folks, and they had television. And then we heard about Disneyland opening. And our little city was going to build a pool one year later, 1956. So my husband said at the council meeting, he was always real aggressive, you know, it would mean a lot to our little town if Walt Disney would just let us use his name on our new pool. Well, everybody poo-pooed him. He only lived here five years. He's been gone 50. He probably doesn't even remember it. But the city sent a letter. What the heck? He got our letter when he's 55 years of age. Now, to get the timeline, why don't you folks squeeze in a little further and they can see the pictures better. That'll be great. Uh, the timeline is Walt Disney left Marceline when he was 10 years of age, hadn't been back, but at the age of 55, he gets our letter about the pool asking if we could use his name. And he called immediately and he said, I'd love to have my name on that pool. <laughs> I have nothing but wonderful memories about my time in Marceline. Is there going to be a dedication? Well, there really wasn't going to be, but yes. <laughs> Let me talk to Roy. Roy and I have been going through Marceline on the train all these years to New York and Chicago on business, and we always say to each other, why don't we take time to stop one day and, and uh, see our little town again? But you know how that one day works. It takes a long time. 
Let me talk to Roy. If he's not busy, he might like to come too. Well, he's not busy, he'd love to come, and he thinks they ought to bring their wives, Lily and Edna. So, if you can imagine, we were ecstatic here in Marceline, they're coming. Well, my husband was at the council meeting when they were making some plans, and um, we had the only air-conditioned house at the time. Now, we didn't have much else, but we built a new house in 54, and I had a good friend talk us into putting central air in it. Well, there went my furniture running. <laughs> but at the council meeting, the city said, you know, it's going to be hot, and they're bringing their wives. You, they would be very comfortable in your air conditioning. How about you and Inez hosting the Disney's? And my husband said, sure, we'd love to. <laughs> well, and when he came home, I cried. We couldn't have the Disney's with junk furniture. But our neighbors came to the rescue, and they said, you know, you really need to have a will. We'll move your junk out, and those of us who have better things will move it in. So that's, it took the whole step. <laughs> but when they come on July the 3rd, they came in a train, and the air was on, and the city even hired the chef off the dining car of the Santa Fe. He was there cooking. So it was, it, we, didn't, we didn't feel at home in our own home. But anyway, that's when we met Walt Disney. He only lived 10 more years, but we were friends those years because of that visit, and he came back five more times. Well, the house didn't look very good when they were living here. And when they came back in 56, it looks good. Better times for all of us. This is Roy and Walt across the road sharing little boy stories. And the main one was this. They got into an argument. Roy said, Walt, it was the west side of the house, wasn't it, that you painted on? No, Walt was sure it was the east side. And the story is, if you haven't heard it, Walt and Ruth were left home alone. Mother and Dad were gone for the day. Dad had been patching the roof, had a leak, and the bucket of tar still had a little tar in it. Well, Walt wanted to show off to Ruth how good he could draw, and he couldn't do that in front of Dad. So he just said to Ruth, I'm going to draw you a picture on the side of the house, and he stuck the stick in the tar, and it was a bird on a nest, and she was begging him not to do that. They're going to be in so much trouble. He was sure her. he could wash it off, but it dried. And so what he said to us is, I was never thanked by my family for the art on the side of the house. <laughs> so when you go to the second floor today, you'll see a little exhibit about that. We want you to remember he was young when he was here, five to ten. He didn't remember his classmates, but Roy sure did. Roy was eight years older. We are all volunteers here. There's never been a payroll, but we love sharing the story. And three of our volunteers are descendants of Roy's classmates, so we think that's pretty special. Now, in 1946, Walt Disney had been back to Marceline, but none of us recognized him. We have 70 every day. Hard to tell the story. But we like the sound. When he came back to Marceline in 46, none of us recognized him. But he wanted to, to have some likenesses in Disneyland because he loved it here so much. And this building is definitely the inspiration for Coke Corner in Disneyland. And when you go to town today, you'll see behind it there is a big old Coca-Cola sign that's been repainted two years ago by Coca-Cola. The connection is this. Roy had a job keeping the undertaker's purse clean, and that undertaker's name is on the same side. He's 
said, well, well, he said he'd help me, but all he ever did is crawl in and play dead. He must have been a real kick of a kid. Well, anyway, we're happy to have that Coca-Cola sign repainted because of the Disney's. He wanted to go to this school, that's where he and Roy went, and find his desk. Well, our children went to school at Park School, and we knew there were two desks, excuse me, 200 desks all alike. So how would he find his desk? But he grinned and said, I know I can find it. And he had carved his initial up in the left-hand corner. We took this desk to D23, California, uh, so it's just been back a few days, but everybody really liked it there. Now, the pool is the reason he came. Remember, I said we built a pool in 56. We had to replace that just this year. We've used it all this time, but it no longer held water, so we had to build a new one. When he came to Marceline, he premiered the great locomotive chase in our little theater. This is our mayor, Walt and Roy. Walt, you know, when I was complaining about having inadequate furniture, they were the dearest, ordinary people you could ever meet. Uh, I can't tell you enough about how dear they were. These two men stood at the door of our little theater, shook hands with every kid that came in to see that movie. Walt is on the stage. Our children sang the Mickey Mouse Club song to him, and he had a tear in his eye. And he said, you kids are so lucky to be growing up in my hometown. These were the best years of my life. Well, ahead of time, he called to see if anybody still had a team of mules. Well, in the 50s, if we had any land, we all had a team of horses or mules. This guy heard that. Walt said, my dad always talked about how stubborn Missouri mules are, and I'd love to have the challenge to drive a team. This guy knew their dad. He had helped him build the fences on the farm, and he said, let me be the one that brings my team to town. I want to meet my old friend's famous sons. It was quite a homecoming. He'd give anybody an autograph that wanted one. If you were lucky enough to get one, you've got a good piece of property because everybody wants uh, the autograph. Collectors all want Walt Disney's autograph, and I've got a sample here. Now, this is our daughter. When he came to dedicate the pool, she's the other one giving tours today, but he was, he loved children, and he invited her to carry the pillow with the crown on it for the queen. Uh, in later years, he gave her a job in Disneyland, the years that we knew him, and she's now the director of this museum. I was 27 when I met Walt, I'm 87 now. She was eight, and she's 68, so this hasn't happened overnight. <laughs> um, that night, after we'd been to the farm, Walt Disney said at the dinner table, you know who owns that farm? Well, in a little town, we all know everything. And Walt said, uh, Rush said, sure, I'd like to own it. But what would you do with it? Oh, he said, I've got all these memories about life on the farm. I've got one foot in the past, one in the future. But I was thinking, how are the children of tomorrow going to know what an ordinary Midwestern farm was like? Where we sowed the seed, we raised our food, we swam in the pond with the animals, same pond. Dad played the fiddle at night on the porch. We had, he had so many wonderful memories of a simple time, and that's what he wanted to do. And he also said, Rush, you could buy that farm cheaper than I could. If it ever comes for sale, you buy the farm and I'll buy it from you. Well, that happened in two years, which is what sealed our friendship, that farm. And he came back five more times making plans for that farm. 
During those years, 1960, just four years after the pool, he's back to dedicate our Walt Disney School. And we still use this today. There are six or eight other Walt Disney Schools across the U.S. I don't know where they are. Well, I do know one's in Omaha. This is my late husband and Walt, and they're standing by a flagpole. Now, that flagpole isn't your ordinary flagpole. Uh, these were used at the Squaw Valley Olympics, and Walt was the chairman of that in 1960. Uh, there's a plaque here saying that it was from the Squaw Valley Olympics, and it was a gift from Walt. He also, in his suitcase when he came, had this flag, which flew over the Disneyland castle. The, one, the orange one flew over his apartment, which is over the fire station in Disneyland. And he only flew the orange flag, he said, when he was in residence, so everybody knew that he was there. Well, we had playground equipment, all Disney-related. Um, our little, uh, our young folks' uh, swings were all um, donned up and so forth. They've all deteriorated. But the best gift he gave us, we still have, and it's in the gymnasium of this uh, school. All the characters are there. Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, Donald Duck. They're beautiful. He sent his top artist, Bob Moore, to do them. And Bob Moore is also the one that designed the stamp that was issued here in Marceline when he died. Uh, it just took two years because of his popularity, and it happened right here in Marceline. Well, about these murals, Walt Disney said, he, he didn't see them until he came to the dedication, but Bob Moore had built them, and he said, I'm really pleased with them, and folks, I want you to know why they're here. If it hadn't been for my love of the simple barnyard animal and enjoying nature these five short years, I don't know that I would have come up with my characters. And you think about his first movies, they all had barnyard animals. Okay, now on a happier note, uh, he gave us a ride out of Disneyland, so come on in. This is a little room if you can get into. If you don't think this was exciting, exactly 10 years after he came for the first deal, and that was the pool. He'd been back here enough to know that Marceline was a long way from California, and he wanted the children in the Midwest to have a ride. He sent this entire ride, look behind you, we got the whole thing. Ten cars came. <laughs> if, you, if you don't think that was exciting, very few people had been to Disneyland, but we've got the Midget Utopia ride. Uh, his engineers came, built that curvy little road down by the um, pool that he had uh, dedicated earlier. So we're on a roll with Walt Disney, but not for long. So behind you is the cornerstone, and he was coming for this dedication just like he had the pool in the school. But Roy called four weeks out and said, um, Walt's not going to be there for the dedication. Well, why not? He's sick, and I'm praying it is just pneumonia. But they were all fearful of the lung cancer because he had been such a heavy smoker. And sure enough, it was lung cancer, as you know, and he died in December. So we cried with the world, and we cried selfishly, thinking, wonder if our little farm will ever get finished now. But we, we had big hopes because Roy was just as enthused as Walt. But I heard this story from Diane Disney, Walt's daughter, oldest daughter, she said, Uncle Roy was in the room with Walt, uh, and Walt looked up at 
Roy and said, you know, I'm not going to make it. you got to promise me you're going to build Disney World. It's ready to go. And, of course, Roy had never let him down, so he promised him he would. So he came to us and said, well, just we're putting the farm on hold. Um, I have to build Disney World. I don't know how long it'll take. And we didn't hear much from him during that time. But um, the, he finally finished it in 71. That's when it was dedicated. And he called and he said, well, I've got this project done for my brother. I um, promised him I wouldn't. I've never broken a promise. Uh, so it's ready. But I am fast losing my health. And I can't see I'm going to be around long enough to finish the farm. You were kind enough to help us buy the farm when we wanted it. And I'm going to let you have first chance to buy it back. So, of course, we bought it back because we didn't want somebody to get it that wouldn't care. Um, our daughter has raised her family there. She still lives there. So when you go to the farm today, you're not trespassing because they expect people to come. And they take no revenue for it whatsoever. Well, after they're both gone and they don't own the farm, our dream is over. For 30 years, nothing happened except that his stamp was issued here. Well, in 2001, our younger generation thought we ought to have a birthday party in honor of all for his 100th birthday. Well, the date we chose a year in advance turned out to be 10 days after the terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. So, planes weren't flying and everybody, not everybody, but most people were canceling. They couldn't get there. But during those 30 years, some of Walt's grandchildren had knocked at the door at the farm asking, uh, is this the farm where the Disneys lived? Well, yes, it is. So there was a little interest, and we never gave up. So we invited them to come to that birthday party. Well, after it wasn't going to happen, we called Christopher, the oldest grandson, and said, just forget it. And he said, don't let the terrorists do this to Grandpa's birthday party. We're coming. We're coming on a truck. We like trains just like Grandpa did. So they came on a truck. And when they came, and by the way, it was surprising how many people found a way to get here for Disney's grand, uh, birthday party. When the Disney's came on a train, this building had no roof. It had been standing vacant for 30 years, decaying. It had no roof. The windows were all knocked out, and the plaster and the glass was mixed together. Plus, it was real handy for the raccoons who lived around here because the windows were gone, so their dropping was the topping. And the grandchildren said, what happened to the station? And we explained it was just neglect. When they went home, uh, five of the nine sent us some of their personal Disney stock with a little note. We'd like to help save the station. So uh, then we coughed up a little more money if we, after we had theirs. And then uh, we had it looking prim and proper. We were ready for a museum, but we don't have a lot to put in it. Uh, Ruth took care of that. She died. Little sister Ruth died in Portland, Oregon, where she had made her home uh, all of her life, except for the three years when she went to Anaheim to get familiar with Roy and Walt's children. That's where she became asphyxiated from the furnace. But the rest of the time, she was in Portland, Oregon, and her only son, Ted, lived there also. Well, he called and said, Mother has passed on. She wants everything that she has from the Disney family, from Roy and Walt mainly, as they were climbing the ladder. Uh, Once I have to be in Marceline, come and get it. Well, <laughs> we couldn't believe the luck. So Katie flew out there with an empty suitcase and took lots more empty suitcases, assuming it would be letters and documents, and it was mostly that. Well, Ted Beecher, her son, met her at the airport, uh, took her to Ruth's house, and Kate was shocked at how humbly Ruth lived. 
but it was by choice. She didn't have to live that way. So Ted, the son, was climbing up a ladder and getting stuff out of the tall closets, and his wife, Carol, was down on her hands and knees getting it out from under the beds. There was an old television in the corner. It looked like it had been rained on. And he said, you know, Uncle Walt sent us that television to watch the opening of Disneyland on. Uh, Mother didn't like crowds. You want that? So she came home in a U-Haul truck. (laughs) So that's what you're going to be seeing in the self-guided part. Any questions? I always hope not, because that's all I know. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure there's another tour waiting, but when you get through with the self-guided part, if if this part isn't busy, you can come back in and take pictures. I'm sure there's something like did you find the animal in this room? Okay, look in that desk case. So you can go through this door and get to the south back part where some of you are waiting. Go ahead and wrap this up. So what did you think, man? That was really did, cool. Did you like it? Yeah, I mean, the fact that she met them and right. became friends with them and stuff. Right. That was pretty, pretty cool. sweet. The family tie-in. Right. So she was very short this time around from the last tour that we took. And you can listen to the – I'm sure you've listened to right. the old episode. But listeners, you can too. So I hope you enjoyed this this pop-up. We'll probably do another pop-up here in just a little bit. What, what time is it right now, Tim? It uh, is – it's 2 – oh, yeah, 2.10 – Central Standard Time on Sunday. So, Sunday. like, you're listening to this today. This just happened. So we'll, we'll do another pop-up when we hit Main Street USA and probably another one when we go to Walt Disney's farm and, uh, well, go down to his thinking tree, right? Yeah. And sure. uh, shake those branches off. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again for listening to uh, the Mouse Capades podcast. And as always, this episode is brought to you by TheMagicalMouse.com. And think it's about that time. Peace. Hakuna Matata. Have a magical day.